Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Deep End Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and today I have Nathan Bates joining me for a deep conversation about your journey and your personal development and your growth. So Nathan and I met in Rome back in 2012, and it was nice to be gently reminded how we met. We, were meet, we met at the front of the Coliseum and you were doing walkabout touring and sort of like offered some awesome advice to me, which was like, screw the map, just walk around town and get to know the the city that you're exploring. And it like, I didn't realize it, but that's how I continued my travels. And it was because of Nathan that he offered that really beautiful golden nugget. And we're here today to talk about his journey and what he's been through from uh, his personal growth stance starting around March 2020 and without saying it, saying it without saying it, I think that was a really tough time for everybody on the planet. Um, and it was really cool to hear what you've moved through. So I'd love for the audience just to get to know you a bit, Nathan, if you would love to just give us a bit of a uh, an overview of you know, how old you are, where you live, where you're at now. And then I'd love to talk about what happened for you before March 2020 and what led to that. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, Nathan Bates, I'm 39 from uh, the south of Sydney, near the near Cronulla area. Um, I'm a tradie, personal trainer, um, an avid traveller. And, yeah, I suppose the travelling and personal growth all comes from venturing out in a, seeing new things, living, learning, and, yeah, building up mm. to hopefully being the best version of yourself you, that you can be, really. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about the version of yourself before March 2020. Okay, so it, now that I look back on it, um, it was very kind of misguided. It was a lot, uh, a lot of just living spontaneously, partying a lot, um, masking uh, issues and and whatnot through that party scene. And, yeah, that was kind of – there was always these goals in the back of my head, but there was always things holding me back from it. And, but yeah, I mean, it did take me around the world. I did have a whole bunch of fun doing it. But, yeah, it definitely got to a point where it was just like, you know what, something's got to – something was giving and something needed to change. So, yeah. Amazing. So you had these goals. What were these goals specifically? Um, well, one that I just reached was yeah, making the New South Wales team for touch footy. That's been a goal since I was 10 years old. And, yeah, the party scene and lack of fitness was uh, something that really held me back from that. So that was one. Um, mainly just to be proud of myself you know what I mean as a kid I was always excelling in things and then everyone finds alcohol drugs the party scene and yeah like there was things I've always I wanted to do and things that just kind of held me back from getting there so yeah I love this this is such a juicy topic because I mean I've been a party girl myself and my experience was very much like you know 
living for the weekend. I was working a nine to five job that I didn't really like, but thought I needed to have because that's what, you know, I was told and taught at school and it didn't really feel fulfilling. And so because of that lack of fulfillment, I'd go and drink and, you know, that the fulfillment that I was getting was from the dance floor, you know? So um, what was your experience like, you know, like what, what do you think was the core reason for your partying? Um, again, not being kind of completely, you know, like happy with with life in general. Um, always searching for more and whatnot, but it was more um, just to disassociate from the things that were bugging you, like, and the things that were kind of clouding you, but the thing that was really clouding you was the alcohol, right? You know what I mean? So it was that whole, you know, domino, well, not domino, if I catch 22, right? So, like, you hate your day-to-day job, you despise it, go out partying, enjoy your time for, like, a small moment over the whole week, and then you don't feel good till, like, Wednesday, Thursday. Everyone knows the cycle. And, but, yeah, it was more just doing it. It's out of um, not for the right reasons, anymore you know what I mean just to have fun with your friends and a party like enjoy yourself when as soon as it starts being for the wrong reasons like out of necessity out of depression out of anxiety that's when it's just yeah that's that's a very steep downward spiral then yeah Mm. something that um came up for me while you were just speaking then is like the changes that are required to commit to a different lifestyle. So the party scene has the friends and the vibe and the people, you know. So with that, did you notice any friendships change for you? It, it was it was super funny at the start, right? Because when I started doing it, I didn't I knew maybe one or two people that had done taken that journey. And no one really kind of understood or it wasn't kind of happening as much as it is now but when I'm like out with the boys and they're like you want to be and I'm like no nah, no nah, I'm good oh come on have one you pussy you know like have one that peer pressure initially was kind of a little tough but it was super funny maybe after about the three month period people could see the physical change like you look healthier lost heaps of weight fit as and then I've got mates like texting me messaging me mate oh you know I really Really love what you're doing, man. Um, you know what? What? How did you do it? Blah blah blah. And after the first couple, I realised that that was where I wanted to take this journey. Like, you know, like there's nothing better for me than seeing people happy. And it takes a lot of balls for somebody to kind of reach out in a society that's so kind of it's ingrained the drinking culture and. Mm. It, it is a massive um, amount of, yeah, masking issues. They're tucking them away and, yeah. So Yeah, that's, I feel that. Yeah, so at least once a week I've got, like, mates that I kind of chat with and, you know, like, constantly. Like, my the door's always open, the phone's always there. Like, I think that's part of the, for me, the responsibility now. Like, I've, I've taken that mm-hmm. on board and I'm all about it, so... That's awesome. Yeah, something that came up for me while you were speaking then about like, you know, when people started to notice a change within your physical appearance, I've actually been on dates with men who I've noticed like, you know, they're 
amazing guys, like really cool, really fun. But they had this like gray, yellow, like colorless almost mm. texture to their skin. And they were smoking and drinking and whatnot. And like, even though they weren't party boys and working in the hospitality industry and having this kind of being in that scene, late nights, like not getting enough sunlight, all that sort of stuff, it could, I could really see it. And it was actually a deal breaker for me. Like I was not, it was just, it was such a turn off because this person wasn't actually taking care of their body and taking care of themselves. And because yeah. of that self-loathing and that lack of self-love, it repelled it repelled me and I'm curious to hear about your experience. So tell me about what happened March 2020. Well, yeah, I think my, as, as I was saying, March 2020 was a very unpredictable and a stressful time for, for most. And um, I already seen a couple of friends that went into straight depression, lack of work, can't pay rent, day drinking. And, you know, I, yeah, when I realised that could be a legitimate problem for me that's when I pulled it back and I'm like you know what today's the day and I've been wanting to do it for years too taking little steps like have a weekend off feel great Monday you're like sick but it, it wasn't just a, a, a quick well kind of was but I've been wanting to do it for a long time um and yeah yeah just basically just said yeah no nah, that's it and it was only really meant to be a month I think to start off with in my head. Then after a month, I'm like, wow, I feel great. Fast forward to three months, it's like, wow, holy hell. Like, like everything is easier to deal with. Like anxiety, depression doesn't dwell in the head. It's easier just to kind of shut it down quicker mm -hmm. after when your head is completely clear. And then it got to six months and I'm like, yeah, no, this is it. This is my life from now on. And yeah, so and I've and then with all that, I did a whole bunch of research on like what the body does and how it heals itself, and yeah, mm. and why you look older than what you are and all that stuff. It's just like you know how they say if 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 you lead with the head, the body will follow. I totally mm. disagree with that. You lead mm. with the body, you get your body healthy, toxin free, clear then the brain has a better environment to thrive in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it, mm -hmm. it doesn't allow the cloudiness to, you know, govern your judgments or, you know, allow depression to take over. Cool. So, yeah, so yeah. That's, why, that's why I don't touch it at all because, you know, yeah. you have one or two and I suppose I have an addictive personality and one in all in type <laughs> mentality, right? So yeah. it's, just, it's just safer. Yeah, and also, like, once you get that buzz off that first drink, sometimes those inhibitions, you know, your sense of your sense of yourself and your sense of your boundaries just go straight out the window. I've, I'm, I'm familiar with that. At the Big Brother finale, I just got so wasted at the after party and it was, like, the next day I couldn't even eat food or, keep, like, I could keep food down, but, like, I felt that sick from the alcohol in my system that it was a struggle to eat food and, like all I wanted to do was just sleep and I couldn't sleep because I had to catch a flight back home and that really turned me off and I haven't had a drink yes. since. And hearing you talk about how you haven't had a drink for over two years now is just so inspiring. I mean, you've yeah. had a couple here and there, is that right? Or yeah, so yeah. To, to be completely honest with all that, um, 
I went overseas in November and December. Mm-hmm. And leading up to that point, it was 18 months, not a drop. Felt great. Finally able to travel again. And being such a, like an avid traveler, it kind of, as soon as I got off that flight, it kind of maybe triggered something. But, it, and then I was somebody I wasn't, you know what I mean? Like I've turned into that guy for a moment. And then mm. it was just, once I'd already taken that step, that depression kicked in. I'm like, man, what are you doing? Felt terrible. Yeah. And, yeah, so, I mean, I've had my tests and I've, I've failed a few on this journey, you know what I mean? But that's, that's good. It, I mean, it sucks, but it's great because now I realise that I can never release myself from that, you know, that whole sobriety thing. As soon as I do, mm. things start to not work out at all. Like, <laughs> not at all. But without it, shit, things just happen just and through mm. positivity. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's so interesting because I wrote that down about your positive outlook and what, what's shifted for you. Um, so one of the, just, just what I'm hearing is that some of the lifestyle changes that you had was like quitting alcohol and changing your weekend routine into something else. Like, would you, you're still going out? Is that right? But you're just not drinking. Yeah. Well, I'm not going out really as much. I went and finished my personal trainer's course. So I've mm-hmm. become like qualified PT and I just, I had to surround myself with, with different people. I mean, I still had my mates, like they weren't doing mm-hmm. anything wrong. You know, they were just being them. But for me, for my progression, I had to kind of associate mm-hmm. more time with, with positive, well, I wouldn't say not that they're not positive, but like people in different lifestyles, like around exercise, fitness, health, all that stuff that kind of I thrive on. Mm-hmm. And so that's, again, why I got into personal training because that's all it is, you know, especially at F45, right? Like you've just got the people mm. community where everyone's just happy and just stoked to be there and, you know, it's just, yeah, it's simple and I love it. Yeah, I used to do F45 and it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um. Cool. So I would love to know about like what shifted and changed for you in, did anything shift and change for you in your dating scene? Did you notice an attraction of women that were higher quality or like anything like that shift for you? To be completely honest, up until that whole 18 months, I didn't date at all. Nothing. Just like it was just that's, I I was just focusing on myself. That was all I had time for. And without naming names, I did meet somebody I went to school with, gorgeous, absolutely beautiful, In done a lot of really cool stuff. And then I suppose with that whole one in all in, I put too much into it because I hadn't been dating for that long, kind of like fell too much in love, if you will. And that's kind of where I started being somebody that I wasn't just because I didn't leave anything spare for when things went wrong. You know what I mean? And that was a test, again, that I I feel I failed. But, you know, like that's, again, that's why it's a journey, right? Yeah, definitely. I want to talk about failure. Like what does failure mean to you? You've mentioned this a couple of times and it's it's really interesting. And I want to hear what you have to say about it. Oh, okay. So I suppose failure for me is 
I have very high expectations because I I know my ability even more so now that when I do something that I feel is out of my core character, for me that's a, a failure. You know what I mean? It's like, damn, dude, you know, you're better than that type thing. And, and like, I'm 39 now, right? That's been happening for nearly 20 years, like weekends where you're just like, man, you failed again, right? So for me, using that word is kind of, yeah, I, I have, yeah, very high expectations. I know what I want. And when I do something that's out of that forward, you know, linear movement and puts me aside from it, then, yeah, that's when I I get kind of bummed on it, but not for too long, right? So. Yeah, I feel like people have a really interesting relationship to failure. Yeah. It's like you fall down and then that's it. Yeah. Well, that's... But you've got to get back up again, right? Yeah, see, that that was my problem with the cloudy mind. It's like when things go wrong, it just it just sits there and it dwells and you get that anxiety loop which just tells you, hey, you're a fuckwit, you know, you're an idiot, what are you doing? You keep fucking shit up, you know, like what's wrong with you type thing. And that's exactly, that leads back to the point where if you have a clear mind, right, then as soon as that stuff happens you can kind of shut it down quicker, you know, ah, man, it's all right, you're good, get back up, you're sweet. Yeah, cool. So your rebound is has improved, like your ability to, your resilience has improved since you've changed your lifestyle, basically. Like, Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, cool. That's, mm. that's awesome. And it's like, it's really cool because what I feel like we're about to step into is like how all of these things, these choices, I actually heard this quote by Deepak Chopra. I'm doing his 21 days of abundance. And I think it's super timely to share it here. Um, And he says in this, in this thing, if you don't like the results of a previous choice, you can choose again. Yeah. And I feel like what's really important and what I can see that you've done is take an audit of the results of your choices Yeah. and you're not happy with the results that you had. So you've chosen a different path. You've, you've created new, new you've, you've committed to more different choices, which have created a different result for you. That's more desirable. So you've achieved your goals and you're striving for more now and able to do more. Um, yeah. However, when it comes to failure, like failure is just this, this teaching us a way of not to do things. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like for you, what I'm hearing is that like the failure has been a guide of like, okay, this choice isn't giving me the result that I actually desire and want truly. Yeah. And so now I'm going to try something different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was more about, yeah, you go. No, you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, it was more about identifying and then understanding your your um your strengths and flaws. You mm-hmm. know, like understanding you know what works, what doesn't. Break everything down, and then rebuild it with all that information. You know, to move forward. Mm. Um. Yeah. And. I suppose, yeah, that failure and success will all teach you all that. But, yeah, mm. I have been told I'm very, I've uh, got unrelenting expectations of myself. 
So that's why that word failure would be like, yeah, I have used it a couple of times. I don't mean in a negative way. It's just more kind of like a, a way of pushing myself. Yeah, and I think like the word expectation can almost be, I mean, I'm not going to coach you, but like the expectation can be transmuted to standard. You know, when we have a standard of the way we want to be, the quality of life we want to have and the way that we want to experience life, mm-hmm. we hold this, we hold ourselves to that standard. And then, you know, what's required is a level of integrity to meet those standards. And then when we don't align with our integrity or if we don't stand in our integrity, then we do feel disappointed in ourselves because we expect more. We expect ourselves to be aligned. Absolutely. I think yeah that, that's really cool and what's also awesome is that every little thing that you did and changed in your life prepared you for one of the biggest moments that you've experienced so far which is your near-death experience back in June this year so only a couple of months ago yeah um I'd love to hear about what well I'd love for my audience because I know what happened but I'd love for the listeners to know what happened there like what was your near-death experience story what is it and we can go yeah. into some other things in a bit yeah yeah cool yeah it was uh it was definitely gnarly that's for sure but mm-hmm. um on the the long weekend I was driving up up north just on my way up to Coffs Harbour and just fanging it down the highway, 110 kilometres an hour, about 30 minutes out of Newcastle and listening to music. I think I think it was Blink-182, I think, just singing along like a dork in the car on the way up. Love Blink-182, one yeah. of my favourite bands. <laughs> yeah, sick. So I was just vibing out, like in, in a killer mood, just stoked. Anyway, so it's about 7.30 at night, driving north, 110, and just in like that somebody coming southbound crossed right in front of me on the highway at 110 (laughs) you know like she's probably maybe going 40 across the thing and i've looked for a split second ago surely she's going to stop and then the last second realized oh shit she's not going to stop just swerved and hit her car on the her passenger side with my front driver's side and kind of hit deflected and then veered off which now that i look back on it and what the police and everyone said but from other crashes that they've been involved in they're like that couldn't have worked out any more perfect for you you know like because the deflection took me off the road so it's not the 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 pile up and if she was an ex if i was distracted on my phone looking down i would have hit the meat of a car which is a dead stop and then the boom. And, yeah, if she was a little bit further past the intersection, same deal. But because that last-minute reaction, you know, this is, they're like, they, they were expecting uh, people to be dead on scene. That's what they said. And I basically climbed out of the driver's side and stood by the car and people are pulling up and like, oh, where is he? I'm like, yeah, I'm over here, more good, like walking and talking and everything's sweet at that time, yeah. So, yeah. like wild. Like hearing yeah. that, I'm just like the timing and the the luck, you know. It's it's not even luck. It's just timing that, that 
you were able to have that quick reflex and everything that you've done in your life that's led you to this point in time on the road, you're clear, you're listening to music, you're not being distracted, you're just present with what's going on, driving, yeah. as we all should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it can be really hard when we all have like somehow ADHD on some level <laughs> because of Guilty. our phone. Yeah, yeah right. So like you, 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 you walked out of this experience of what, like, you know, looking at your car, looking at what could have been, what was going through your mind? You know, it, it's all kind of, I, I definitely a hundred percent accepted it. I know that like I've looked at it and just gone, Oh shit. And just emotionless hit mm. and then, Veered off, sitting in the car, and I, I, I just remember holding onto the steering wheel and cut people like tiptoeing up to the car, expecting it to be, you know, not good. Mm. They're like you're right, and I'm looking at myself, going, "Car's all fucked up, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think I am." Like, wow. Yeah. And then they're like, "You're gonna have to get out of your car because you know the petrol and shit everywhere." Like. And my door wouldn't open, so I had to climb through the passenger side up like that because the car was kind of tilting down. And yeah, mm. yeah, very, very gnarly. Holy crap, that's insane! Like, did you feel the adrenaline in your body? Um, afterwards, a little bit, yeah. Like mm. nothing was sore. Like you know, like the shock, the adrenaline. Nothing was aching. As I said, I was walking, talking. You know, I was the one I walked around, to, took photos and videos and everything. And yeah, it wasn't until like maybe after I told the ambulance it's okay for you to go, but I thought I was sweet. And then about 15 minutes after they left, that's when the knee ballooned out like real big. Shoulders started killing. The neck was kind of all tweaked. And yeah, that's when I'm like, yeah, bring back the ambo. Mm. Yeah, we got to be careful with this one there yeah, because yeah, but yeah, like any different, if, yeah, it's, there, there's so many little variables that if any small thing changed, you know, if I was in a smaller car, dead. Mm. Um, if the car, see, my car didn't have like the the handle protruding over; it was kind of flat, so my head didn't hit anything. It was just my shoulder. So I didn't hit my head, you know, mm. like, yeah. Yeah, wow. So, like, with that awareness that, like, you could have been dead, did, what what was that like receiving that information? Yeah, it took a while for it to really kick in just because, I don't know, maybe I was definitely playing it down, you know, like, oh, no, I'm all right, I'm all right. And still, I, I know that I'm all right, but I, I'm definitely 100% aware that, you know, like, I'm as a... Where the odds come into play on that one, I shouldn't have been here. You know what I mean? Like, mm. yeah, mm. and more than pretty much everyone that's involved in that um, first responding scene, they're just like, wow, dude. Yeah, like the, without spinal, permanent spinal injury, right? And just, they're like, yeah, that's, we have never seen that. Mm. And so when you're like letting that kind of sink in, you're marinating in this thought that you should be dead. Yeah. 
has anything shifted for you in your life? Um, being already being clear going into it, I have taken it in a positive, more of a positive um outlook. Like more, it's kind of like I'm here for a reason, you know. Like there's there's something I'm meant to be doing. That's you know, firstly to better people, better help people, and help people progress, reach goals, be proud of yourself. You know, like that's exactly where I wanted to take the journey from when I started. And this was just a an added clarification that, yeah, like you, you, I'm, I'm here for something, I feel. Mm. Yeah, awesome. And, yeah, it seems like everything that you've experienced leading up to that point, you know, your lifestyle changes, your relationship with yourself, your your mindset has mm. supported you to move through this in a healthier way. Yeah. Um. Do you, like, did you experience any PTSD jumping back, like, in the car and driving again? Yeah, at, at night, really, with the lights and whatnot, like going down, say, yeah, where you got oncoming traffic for, like, the first couple of months, it was, or first couple of weeks, it was really prolific, mm. like, it's really kind of, Oh shit! Because I know now that anyone can just pull out at any given time. Doesn't matter where they are, and it just plays on your head every now and then. I'm getting mm. better that's for sure, but yeah. yeah, I like just hearing you talk about that. Like one of my greatest fears is getting into a car accident, and I'm like just just fearful of that. Every time I drive. I'm constantly looking out at how other people are driving. I'm like driving down a two way like a two lane. So I'm in one lane and then there's the opposing cars on the other one. And I'm like, anyone could literally just head yeah. head on collision with me right now. Like it's possible. This is possible. Mm-hmm. And just hearing you say that, and I didn't understand where this was coming from, but now I do. I remember as a little kid, like with my grandfather, we were driving down um, the street and somebody came out and T-boned us and yeah. It, like the car almost flipped and it was just really intense and full on. And that's the trauma that's still, I guess, in my body. And you would have learned a lot about this as well, about how trauma gets stored in the body and the body keeps a score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The body keeps a score is a book that I'm just, I've just started reading, which is super interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious, like if, have you gone to any trauma therapist or anything like that? Or is it something that you're going, you're doing like, some work on your body to get it back to where it was yeah I know that but yeah so I'm still doing all the the rehab work like physio um orthopedic surgeon um what's the other one neurosurgeon for the neck that I'm still having problems with shoulder knee and then also a psychologist as well Mm. so doing all of it because yeah even the psychologist is like mate you know, like anything can happen at any time. The brain could just, you know, go. But again, that's another major reason why you keep the the mind clear. You know, mm. I know very well that the old me, if it was in that situation, would have turned out completely different. You know, I probably would yeah. resort. I probably would have resorted to drugs and alcohol, depression, and with that trauma and that, most people don't come back from that. You know mm. what I mean? But yeah. 
what what so you said that when you were on your journey and, and learning and discovering and understanding the things about um the body what were some key points that you learned you said some things before but I'd love to hear more about that like and, okay, and yeah, how yeah. the brain is in a better environment yeah just yeah how how the body really functions and how mm. it the lack of function when it's you know, dealing with toxins and toxicity in, in the bloodstream and deeply embedded in, like, muscle and whatnot, that, um, yeah, like, your body spends more time trying to break down that, especially at night when you're sleeping, than it should be to rejuvenate, you know, dead cells and all that stuff because it won't do that until it's cleaned itself out again, right? That's why you look mm. older if you drink, smoke, and, you know, that obviously ruins your sleep patterns it yeah you're constantly in a toxic state that your body's always constantly working in overtime to 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 clear yourself before it can rejuvenate yourself you know and that's why they say Mm. after three months of going full abstaining from alcohol and or drugs that that's the point where your body's actually completely clear of everything and i definitely Mm. felt it i definitely felt the the ability to bounce out of bed, you know, wake up, boom, good to go. You know what I mean? That's instead of waking up and going, like, feeling a little shit and just, yeah. like, yeah, oh, fuck, what excuse can I use today to not go to work? And, yeah, you know, like, as I said, yeah. Yeah, so that was what I, as, as it was all happening, I noticed changes and then so I started looking it up and go, oh, what's going on here? They're like, and it's all documented. I'm like, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. yeah, cool. I'm um I'm curious about like what advice you would have given yourself, your younger version of yourself. What advice would you give him now? Um, I'm a massive believer of like everything happens for a reason, right? So like mm. the younger fella, he needed to do what he did to get to where I am now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're better off going through those problems when you're younger and, uh, like, addressing it and fixing it than it is to be older, right? So I, within mm. reason, don't have any regrets. Like, it's taken me around the world. It's I've done cool things, been in bands, you know, done heaps of cool stuff, right? But, mm-hmm. yeah, so, oh, there's definitely some cringy moments. I'd go back and uh, bitch slap myself and go, dude, what were you thinking? You know, like, but, yeah, all in all, yeah, no real regrets. We all have face palm moments. We all have cringy moments. You look back and like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, literally my face palm moment is not even that long ago. I had Taras holding my hair back. I'm <laughs> like, so from the Big Brother finale, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. this is not a good time in my life right now. What is happening? <laughs> I can't believe, like, this is going on. Um. And I can own that. So yeah. if you were, if somebody's starting out on their journey like you, they're just, they're just wanting to, um, you know, achieve their goals and they're really start, they're really struggling to get out of that drinking culture. I'm curious about like what advice you would love to give men maybe or, or other people to hold those boundaries when you're out with your friends who are drinking what advice would you give those people who struggle to say no to the booze? 
Yeah. So but what worked? <laughs> yeah. Um, what worked for me was just you know those small little wins of saying no, like no, nah, I'm good, and then you say it again, and again, and again, and you do one whole night. And then you, you get these small little wins that build that confidence because that's all it is. It's like, it's for me, I used to drink because as a, as a person, I'm a really, sh- I'm like naturally a shy person, right? So I used it as kind of like a social lubricant, which kind of a lot of people do. But with that whole saying no come confidence and then I've le- taught myself to, to be that person without it. You know, like, and, yeah, that's the tough one. Like, as I said, I've been wanting to do it for years, but there were little small wins over that time, but there didn't wasn't the right time for me. But that's what I took, you know. Yes, the saying no, saying no, saying no, surrounding myself with, you know, like-minded people. And, yeah, just, yeah, as I said, building that uh, that social confidence, like even talking to you now, like back, it might have, I was never good at public speaking and or speech or whatnot. I'd be like the bottom lip would be kind of quivering. I'd be all nervous and whatnot. But yeah, I taught myself to yeah not need anything except myself. Yeah. So like what I'm hearing is that through all these little moments where you've chosen yourself first, when you have chosen to honor yourself and stick with your integrity and to to commit to your boundaries and hold yourself to the standard you built the muscle you strengthened the muscle of self-respect and mm-hmm. now you're celebrating that and it's easier to to confidently execute your boundaries and that's also helped support your self-confidence and, and your confidence to grow because you were choosing yourself all these little micro moments Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah there's there's no, yeah. no better feeling than being you know looking at yourself and being proud of yourself mm. it's only, yeah. only you as a person knows exactly the person that you are it's not the moments where you you look like a dick or you you know pe- mm. what people see and judge is like the, the, your core the person you know deep inside mm. when you're not showing that that's a painful thing, right? But as soon as you are and people notice and it, and you know that you're doing everything the best mm. of your ability, that's when you're, like, co- completely proud. Mm. You know, like, there was, yeah, and that's a very good feeling. Yeah, I love that. It's such a beautiful way to end this podcast because that's where we began, full circle, you know. One of your intentions of doing this and the goal setting was to become proud of yourself and mm-hmm. and it's been like it's been a journey. It seems like it's been a couple of years of refining the art of self-love is what I'm hearing and, and here you are, like able to walk away from a near-death experience with your head held high and feeling really strong within yourself with so much resilience and and it only happened a couple of months ago and you seem really like you're in a good place you know had had it been otherwise all these different variables different situation different mindset different body different play out of events you may not even actually be here so Mm, absolutely yeah choices it is very much so. 
Very much so. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure having a conversation with you about this. And I hope that for listeners, they get something out of this story that you've shared and it inspires people to potentially make a change in their lives and and strive and achieve their goals. And understanding and being gentle with yourself that you are on your journey and all the choices that we make do lead us to the person that we become. So agreed yeah yeah one, one thing i will say is like to people listening like don't be tough on yourself when you when you make make a mistake just take little baby steps in reaching that goal it doesn't happen straight away it will as long as you remain positive and you know move forward but yeah don't be too tough on yourself yeah i love that thank you so so well needed that advice <laughs> and is there anything that you would love for the listeners, like if they want to get in contact with you or anything that you're doing out there at the moment that could be something that they can connect with you? Um, yeah, I suppose just um, as I said earlier, my my um, line of contact is always open. Like if anyone needs help, like, you know, like I'm mm. not in, I'm in this now just to help legit yeah. for real like so instagram you know hit me up um yeah what what's your instagram account for okay, listeners so batesy b-a-t-e-s-y underscore yep. underscore 23 cool and for those listening i'll have that in the bio for you to to follow and find nathan so Thanks again, and I'll see you guys or listen, or you'll hear me on the next podcast. That's what's going to happen. Thanks Thanks a lot, Sammy. Good to see you again. You too.